Welcome to the Digital Dissection Podcast, hosted by Joe Vinipol and myself, Mark Benke. We're two pop culture nerds dedicated to celebrating our favorite properties and talking to the creative minds and personalities that make them great. You might learn something new about pop culture history or rediscover the recent past. Follow us on social media for weekly pop culture content where we're always dissecting. Hey, Joe, we've talked about going back into the time machine quite a few times because that's really what we do on this show, this program. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a time machine of choice, substance, and not as much style as a DeLorean, but we use it um, because we enjoy ourselves. Yeah, like if it was a Honda Civic, that's probably what we're time traveling in at this point. <laughs> Hey, hey, this is an 83 Honda. How dare you? <laughs> God damn it. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like it's it's fun to go talk about video games because a lot of people talk about vid- or, uh, movies and they go back and mm-hmm. talk about those all the time. With with TV shows, you've got plenty of people doing rewatch podcasts and th- stuff like that. And we're not judging those people, but no. I, I don't, you know, you don't always see people doing what we're doing, going back and looking at, you know, retro and then some things that aren't as retro, which brings yeah. us to the year 2015. Yeah, because it, it, it turns out that this game made in 2015, still very active today. It just continues and it's nonstop. Um, but when we look at this game, it's a very very simplistic game where it's like, hey, hey, you know what? You know what people love? They love sports. And you know what other thing people tend to love? Cars. What if there was a sport that had cars and that wasn't just them driving in a circle? And we made it into a video game. And what if it wasn't the same game every year with just updated rosters? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what brings us to 2015's Rocket League, which Joe and I discovered because it was free on PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. many years ago. Yeah, and this this epic trophy hunting season or two year <laughs> stretch that we had mm-hmm. <laughs> the the uh, the journey to 100 platinum trophies on PlayStation Network. This was in there. Yeah, it was. And I mean, if if you are wondering, since we did mention that this game is eternal and is still ongoing, should you want to play it? Because you can download it, from my knowledge, from all of the major game stores between the Nintendo eShop, the PlayStation Plus store, uh, PlayStation Network, and Xbox. Uh, it's still free. You can get it anytime you want. It is very much a freemium style game. So you only have to pay for, I think, additional additional skins and additional not skins but additional bodies for the cars so i mean and that right off the bat is a pretty pretty great selling point for the game yeah which the story of rocket league is is interesting in in and of itself because Mm -hmm. it's not a triple a title it's not funded by one of these major studios that you're familiar with and it was developed by Psyonix, who any of, one of you who watched the intro to this game will obviously know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but this is a studio founded by Dave Hagwood, and it's a sequel to a 2008 game called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. Huh. 
odd that they decided to shorten the name to Rocket League. I mean, you know, I guess S-A-R-P-B-C just doesn't really roll off the tongue, you know? Not not really, but it does have some Super Sentai-esque flair, where I would imagine (laughs) that the the driver is just inside of the of the car and instead of holding on for dear life it's just (laughs) (laughs) and this things happen it's it's funny you went there because i was sitting there trying to think of like how to pronounce this this name without tripping (laughs) over myself and you almost slip into like classic anime you know Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) <laughs> like Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> I'm about to charge up for a fight, and it's like supersonic, oh acrobatic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you can't really say it normally. You it, have to give it, it just some gusto. Gives off that vibe of like it is some <laughs> over the top, just crazy competition. And I mean, it, it makes me think of there was actually a, a, like a cartoon on Adult Swim that was making fun of anime a long time ago, and I'm going to have to look up the name and put it like right here in the edit because I cannot for life of me even begin to think of what what it is. And they would do the same thing. They would make like these 10 word long like names for events or actions that they were about to perform. Uh, And then like they would perform the thing and it would be very underwhelming. Uh, But I digress. (laughs) But then you have things like Japanese bug fights. Literally all you need to know about that title. Japanese, yeah. they're bugs, they're fighting. What more do you want? Don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a real thing too <laughs> back in the early, early to mid two thousands. Literally, just bugs fighting. And the Japanese recorded it, but a little bit different topic here today. So the SARPBC, by traditional standards, did not fare very well, and it only had ten or two million downloads, which. You know, I, I remember looking at like the N64 days and whenever mm-hmm. something sold a million units, it got that sticker like immediately on the box, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. apparently that wasn't enough to really get people thinking about, you know, supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars all that much. No, I mean, but, the McDonald's like 90s style of advertising just didn't pan out for this game, which I'd like to like point out that 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 rather shallow part of the company has gone away. We, they used to have on the signs, if you could remember, like McDonald's over like 2 billion burgers sold and that number kind of kept climbing over the years. Yeah. And now they don't even have the name on the side anymore. It's just the arches. Yeah. They've, they've, they've simplest, they've, they've, I don't want to say downsized, they've simplified things over the years. <laughs> and such has Rocket League, where they <laughs> no longer, they, they leave the downloads off for uh, for their own, like, I was going to say self-worth, but that's not right. For their own emotional being. They don't want to know how many downloads they have. They just want to enjoy the game they've made. I was going to say, to them, you know, they don't even care if you see the sign anymore. They just no. they just want you to know there's brand recognition. And mm-hmm. with with this original game, though, it did carry over a lot of the things that we saw in Rocket League years later. So it was a, a soccer game based game that involved cars you did three versus three not a whole lot was really being said about it and mm-hmm. because of that psionics basically went well we put a lot of eggs in this basket we can't really focus on refining it we're gonna go do other mm-hmm. things so mm-hmm. they, they actually ended up being a studio that operated kind of like how 
when you think about animation and how we've talked about how some of the anime studios would maybe create an idea like here in the United States or something, or, or, or just generic cartoons. We're not even just talking anime. Mm-hmm. Come up with an idea. You got some people working on it in the United States, and then you ship it off to somebody else to animate and actually do all the hard work. This is kind of like that idea with Psionics. Mm-hmm. They were just basically contract workers. They were taking on development for random games, and hey, they survived. They, they made it work. So Yeah, uh, it's, it's that outsource gig. It just worked for them. Um, and I, I have no idea the downloads are up to now, but I'm assuming this is this is a staple somewhere in that office. Like there's a nice big like Rocket League poster that shows that this game has helped them achieve the success they have today. I would definitely say that there's mm-hmm. there's a lot going on for it. I mean it's I think it's grossed over seventy million dollars, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 definitely a, a game that's that's lived on and it, what's what's interesting about this idea of this original like soccer car based game is mm-hmm. that they began developing the future idea for Rocket League back in 2013. So it actually got several years of development. It wasn't just slapped together and put out there, and we just got lucky. I mean, it actually had a good development mm-hmm. cycle. Um, but based on that, since we're going back in time, Joe, just like we've been doing mm-hmm. all season on this program. We got to talk about the year 2015 for a moment Ooh, because yeah. there were some, some other games that came out during this year that I feel like a lot of people are still talking about. Um, so, yeah, just competition-wise, Joe. Oh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's always good to know the, uh, the state of the gaming union in which, uh, which time we, we go back to whenever we review our games. And this is where we have such great titles as The Pillars of Eternity, Little little ditty you may have heard of called Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Five came out that year. Small mm-hmm. small indie game, I'm sure. Yeah. And then Mortal Kombat Ten or you know Edgy X because when mm-hmm. you get to that point in the franchise, it should just be an X for family <laughs> because we all go there. <laughs> uh, but yep. and this is also where we get probably the most famous of the witcher games we get the witcher 3 which i believe that this is the wild hunt um comes out this year and i we've been tossing coins towards it ever since (laughs) seriously man um this was actually a pretty big year for gaming when you start to think about this stuff i mean the witcher 3 fans are some pretty damn intense people they freaking love that game i mean i've Mm -hmm. I've played a bit of it, and I'm one of the few that managed to play like 20 hours and then didn't dedicate an extra 600. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a great game. I just didn't have a chance to dedicate that much time to it. Yeah, you, uh, know, you know, I think I had a friendship end over that game where my buddy Jesse came over and wanted to watch me play the game, but I was just so exhausted from the teaching and the children on the weekend. Like, I just need to unwind with something simple, dude. Like, I can't handle this. And I, I, I just petered out and haven't haven't really played it and now now we see each other once a year to play golf and mark we hate golf (laughs) i hate golf i hate golf well in the year 2015 we also got undertale which is one of those it's an indie rpg-ish game a lot of folks love dude i mean you see this on top 10 lists like every damn Mm -hmm. month i swear to god somebody else is finding undertale every day and until dawn 
as well. Another game that gets talked about a lot, which is a mm-hmm. choice-driven narrative horror game where you can hopefully save everybody involved or not. So yeah, that that's a yeah, that was a that was actually that, a fun game. I I thought it was a great good. one. I was saying these are just like the Mr. Bright side of games. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a title that doesn't leave a top like fifty chart since it came out because people just keep finding it and no matter what dec- decade it is since it came out, it's catchy. We all enjoy yeah. it. I was gonna say, dude. Until dawn, I mean, just the concept of coming out of your cage and doing just fine. I mean it works. It just mm-hmm. does. Because you have to escape some of those things in that game. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, but mm-hmm. yes, so this is the landscape, though, man. Like this is this is 2015, mm-hmm. and it's crazy to me that Rocket League could kind of poke through this gap, and like all these other big games are coming out. Uh, it, it's it just doesn't really make sense to me that it could even be possible. What about you? No, and this is where I think we should probably take some time to really explain what this game is for those who haven't played it and have managed not to hear about it, because we've kind of tap danced around it where we say it's the sports with a ball plus cars. Um, really, what it is, it is soccer or Europe. I got, I would say European football, but like, really, <laughs> it's the everywhere else football put together. And if you've ever watched a good old classic Top Gear and you've seen. Clarkson, May, and Hammond get into little like little hatchbacks and like hit a giant soccer ball across a pitch. That's this game. But the cars are rocket powered and they can go super fast. And whenever the ball goes into the massive goal at the other end, it explodes in celebration and absolute triumph. And this is where I really like to point out where Mark says or said before that. It seems like this should be a simplistic game, but there was a lot of thought and work behind it to make it is what it is. And this is one where, like, it doesn't really make sense because it is a really simple game, but it's a very well done simple game that is an incredibly polished little package. Uh, And that's why also it's just kind of mind boggling that it could do so well in the atmosphere of these much larger gaming titles that aren't just simple games. They are games that are meant to draw you in and keep you in because of a story and like a bunch of fetch quests and side quests and all of these other things to do to keep you coming back. Meanwhile, this game is like, no, no, you're going to drive a car and hit a giant soccer ball into a goal and it's going to explode. And that's what's going to keep coming you back. That's what's going to keep bringing you back, baby. And you do. They keep coming back. To be honest with you, it kind of reminds me of like a, a Japanese street food vendor who has been specializing in like the same food for like 30 or 40 years. And mm-hmm. it's not that you go to this vendor for every one of your favorite foods, right? But mm-hmm. they've mastered what they've what they've been focusing on, and that's why you head to them. You're like, yep, there's only one person I think of when I need to go do this. And <laughs> mm-hmm. That concept is, if I want to play soccer, but with rocket-powered cars, I'm going to go to Rocket League. There's right? one-stop shop involving here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to say. <laughs> I mean, because I, I can't really think of uh, of many games that, that do what this does. But I will say, because we talked to a very unique guest by the name mm-hmm. of Sean Callahan earlier this year, who developed Rocket Jockey, which is probably the closest thing we have 
outside of the uh, the history of this game, it's probably the only closest thing that's actually come out that's similar to this. And I, I mean, personally, yeah. I've wondered if if the people who developed this played Rocket Jockey and went, mm-hmm. "I want to bring this to the modern age and put a little bit of my spin on it." I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like again, it's kind of the same thing how I've said in the past that. If the way you repackage a story is interesting and intriguing, no one cares that it's the same story as something else, which is why you can have that basically, if you really oversimplify things, Harry Potter and Aragorn are just Star Wars, but slightly different. And how Avatar is Pocahontas, but on another planet. It is just a matter of taking the same idea, changing the package just enough where it's a similar story or a formula that they know the audience is going to love and appreciate, and you put it out there for us to like. Um, which seems shallow and terrible, but at the same time, it's not a sequel or a reboot. So technically, it's original. So are you describing our sex lives, or are we still talking about Rocket League? Because oh. I'm, I'm having a hard time separating those two right now. I would hope. But it was Rocket League. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. Mm Self-deprecation. I feel like Joe and I have minors in that uh, alongside our college degrees. But on on its head, Joe, yes, this game is very simplistic. I mean, you're literally dropped into like an NBA-style start where Mm -hmm. the ball drops in the middle. You got to go chase after it. And I thought the presentation of this game is really cool because when I first began playing it, uh, yes, I was interested in trying to score a goal and all mm-hmm. the things that you mentioned. But you're also in like this retro, or sorry, this futuristic mm-hmm. like soccer arena thing. And you've got these like really cool skylines outside of the arena that you can see. And But then there's this like dome covering it that you can technically drive up and there's like little boosts on the ground. Yeah. And you can take mm-hmm. the loops up and fly over top. And, and so... There's like an immense amount of like physics that have to be dedicated to playing this mm-hmm. game successfully. And it's it's a lot to take in at first because you don't expect a car to be able to move that way. I was gonna say it's it is a lot to take in because the game has physics and they're physics that just do kind of whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> you could like your car can like jump midair, I mean which by the way, it can jump, period. Normally not a car thing. Uh, it can basically do a stop and turn on a dime style while it slides a little bit. Uh, the physics are just out there. But it's, it's one where, like Mark says, there's a learning curve to it. But I feel like it's a small learning curve because it's not going to handle like any other driving game you have out there because it's also not meant to be like a car driving game. It's just a soccer game with a car involved in it so they really focus on that where they want you to be able to have just enough control to be able to go after the ball and change and move quickly but not so much where it's not difficult for you to actually get to the ball when someone else is trying to control it so it has it has a really interesting balance in how the physics and controls work in the game yeah, which to kind of separate it further from 
mm-hmm. like the EA Sports world of gaming it's that people game. are probably used to. Yeah, it's in the degree. <laughs> the, the the difference here is that yes, there is like an arcade style of play to this, you know, because mm-hmm. you can jump into matches and you can play people all damn day if you want. Um, but I there's not like a season mode or you know, mm-hmm. some kind of uh, uh, career mode or anything like that. Like, it's a it's a very simplistic game where you can either play against somebody that you know, and you can go, like, 1v1, whatever. But the majority of the time, you're going to be playing this game by jumping into matches with other people and showing them how well you can control this little car or buggy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where the allure for this game comes in, because what you're doing within the game is frankly well designed like we talked about it's it's not a game where you're fighting against glitches you know there's not mm. that bethesda week one bullshit that you have to navigate <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's so for me like this is one of those rare games where i went holy crap i'm actually playing against other people and having fun because for me joe the mm-hmm. online experience of the games most of the time is the most stressful thing for me. <laughs> yeah, it's the people that ruin the video game for everyone They're when you worst. go online. They're the, yeah. the absolute worst. Yeah, I hate people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play with other people. No. I, I, we've been perfecting the technology of the inside of the house to be away from people. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in my, my kingdom and then have yeah. to deal with invaders like that. No, I don't want to go outside when I'm inside. Mine can't even handle that sort of reality. <laughs> I re- reject your reality and substitute my own <laughs> but mm-hmm. the, so we've got this simplistic game that psionics obviously realized holy shit this this is attracting millions more people because we've talked about this concept on this sh- this program about how an idea came out at the wrong time and if it had only been separated by five maybe ten years mm-hmm. there's a possibility that an audience could pick it up. And that's literally what's happened. Like you go from a few million people to tens of millions of people Mm -hmm. playing this game and this concept. And so what I thought was really cool about this, because you and I could think of probably five to 10 different ways to say the same things. And we're not going to do that. (laughs) But but (laughs) Psionics continued Mm -hmm. to invest in this game way beyond just this base idea and it's it's reminiscent of like borderlands 2 and gearbox continuing to pump in content whether free or paid Mm -hmm. so yeah and i think part of it is just because of having cars be the medium is that you have potential to bring in so many other properties into yours to try and interest more people to join the game who haven't been there before just because you can have like an updated title screen or download icon and now it suddenly has like the ecto one because there's a ghostbusters tie-in and saying hey look at that there's a car from thing i like or like a the delorean from back to the future you can get like these tie-ins from these other big properties i mean hell they even had stranger things hot wheels uh i think there was a super bowl tie-in at some point in time and this does great because it's against advertising for both things. Like Stranger Things gets people from Rock League like, oh, maybe I haven't heard of this massive, huge streaming service phenomenon that I'll now give a try because it's in my rocket-powered car soccer game. Uh, 
so I can sound incredibly old. And then vice versa, <laughs> like Stranger Things people be like, hey, why is there a rolling demigorgon like soccer car game? I'm going to give it a try because it's free, except for my Stranger Things skin that I want. And it just keeps the title fresh, even though the game, other than that, more or less unchanged over all these years. Yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? It's been been eight years already, and the game, mm-hmm. in its like purest form, still exists. But to your point, yeah, like the the Super Bowl tie-in was really cool because they completely will change some of these maps and then design brand new concepts for this game that they've actually done on like a limited basis. So there was one map called Snow Day that was actually like a hockey-based concept <laughs> so the ball became a puck mm-hmm. and nice. you, know, you had to, yeah the map behaved a little bit differently mm-hmm. and i i actually think that snow day became like a, a replayable map after a while because at first it was limited and then after that winter season they took it out of the game so oh. they didn't want people to go like yeah this is a feature that's going to stick around for a while it's like no there's mm-hmm. actually a season to this game now very similar to like the overwatches of the world right it's yeah something to look forward to mm-hmm. yeah it's it's basically a mini christmas every winter comes around uh and I'm, I'm assuming what is like a national like month for canada when the hockey version comes back out every year hey i, I don't know what they do up there i mean technically mm-hmm. that's what wisconsin's hat is canada we get it yes Mm-hmm. But but it's it's it is a cool concept though, that, which is which is why I think this keeps people coming back is because there was a basketball map that they created with a quote unquote basketball instead of a mm-hmm. soccer ball, rocket ball, and then uh, rumble mode, which was a twist on the formula where you actually have different power ups that show up on the screen, and so you can actually you know knock the hell out of your opponents because you get like an electricity power up or you know whatever Ooh. like. Like it's it's a different concept, but once again, not the main point of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like they would cycle this stuff in and out, and it, it, honestly, it, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. if you keep things limited, people are always going to have that sense of missing out, and it it is kind of genius when you make it so you can only have something for a short period of time, and it takes effort to acquire that thing. It makes it desirable and makes it that much more fun when you get there. And then when it goes away, it makes you want it again for a while. Um. I, I think what you're referring <laughs> to is, is more of like the McRib effect. Like, you, like <laughs> there are people who love the McRib mm-hmm. and they wait for it. And then when it shows up, they're eating the hell out of it, you know, and, and then it goes away for a little while. Like it's just yeah. long enough for you to build up that, that love again and that desire mm-hmm. to have it. And uh. once again, it's like, we're talking about our sex lives here, but, but it's, that and the shamrock it's true, shake, though. man. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this may just become a McDonald's podcast very slowly but surely today. <laughs> I mean, hell, we already we've we've got a short talking about the Super Size Me documentary. We're almost there. Like we're we're getting there. <laughs> this close, but <laughs> so close. But yeah, dude, I I I think mm-hmm. the, the the thing that I focus on here, and and you've alluded to this a little bit, is that it's the concept of having almost an RPG element to a sports game mm-hmm. because this idea of customization and like giving yourself a bit of a unique 
look and feel and presentation. Mm -hmm. Like not every single person's going to want to have the same car. There's going to be people that don't want to drive the buggies and they're going to want to go for uh, like fast and furious looking cars that just happen to be mm -hmm. in the store. Right. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, yeah, you can go sports car. You can go like AMC Gremlin. I think one of the first things you can, you can get is basically um, just distinct enough to not quite be the A-Team van, but it's definitely the A-Team van. So that way no one gets sued. Um, yeah. So there's, there's customizing just like the body of the vehicle, but like you can customize paint jobs, wheels, uh, the the streak that's behind your car as you're putting your turbo on. You can customize how the ball explodes when you score a goal. You can put literally giant caps on the top of your car that are like baseball hats, sombreros, a pigeon head. You can put a ton of different things into this to make your car your own whenever you start to play. Yeah, I think that's what kind of sucked me back in. Because you mentioned mm -hmm. the Ghostbusters car, like the Ecto-1. When I was first playing this game, and, and we've talked about this a little bit on other episodes of this show, we, you and I both really played this and hammered it for a while to get to that Platinum mm -hmm. Trophy. And after that, I would still come back and play it occasionally, but it wasn't like, yeah. I'm addicted to this, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to keep it as part of my, my evening routine, but as soon as I saw the Ecto-1, even though it wasn't a perfect representation, it was like just mm -hmm. enough to let you know that's the Ecto-1. Yep. But it's not everything that you're going to you know, see in the movie. I came back just to, just to buy that car. And oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't look back. <laughs> so, no. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's not always going to work on me, right? Like I haven't obviously played this game religiously. I, I come back mm -hmm. to it every now and again. But that kind of stuff does extend... Uh, the life of a game and rocket league did something similar to a lot of like loot crate games for a while where you could randomly open stuff up and then uh you know you're basically gambling at that point yeah where you can get cool <laughs> stuff people are just spending thousands of dollars on these crates and then eventually <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. Just like a lot of other games that were regulated in the industry, they had to shift this into a different style of, mm -hmm. of item uh, acquisition. And it took the form of like blueprints where you can get like rare pieces to then you know, turn into cool things. And so yeah, it, the, the game didn't just, I know we talked about how it kind of stayed in a little time capsule, but mm -hmm. there, there were elements of this that did grow over time. And so, yeah, it's a game that's still evolving, Joe. It, 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 I think it's always going to be. I mean, you have to change a little bit or you will die as a video game, especially if if the goal is to keep the game running and keep people coming back. Uh, because that's that's the same case with everything. You've brought up Overwatch as, as an example before and how we go from Overwatch 1, where is that same loot crate system? And now in 2, we have the Battle Pass, where literally the only way you can get really cool new stuff is to put money into the game uh and it's more reasonable that like i'd pay five dollars for a pass and then i just grind out everything uh that i can get within that pass that it'll give me uh and that's that's how you get stuff and you can you can put in money for additional coins when they they put things in outside of the battle pass and this game is like in that same vein uh because you realize that the the RNG method is very maddening for the user, and you will eventually get tired of playing the game when you realize how much money you've put into it, 
and you may have finally gotten the thing that you wanted, and it was the cost of the video game itself, or you did that and you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah, and that's just a, that's the pits, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And it's funny because it's also a battle pass now in Rocket League, so literally the mm-hmm. same concept. It's it's no different. <laughs> yep, <laughs> literally the exact same thing. But Joe, I think it is time to start doling out some grades here. And yes, this edition of Retro Review will be using the boost pad as its unit of measurement of Apostle mm-hmm. Five. So, Joe, as we're looking at our first metric, graphics, of course, what do you have to say about Rocket League's graphics? This is one where it did make me reconsider how I have been rating the graphics in games, because when I go back and think of even the last one we did with Little Big Planet, and we talk about how it's not meant to be a graphics monster, uh, but it was on a platform that could handle really good graphics. So, therefore, we had like this very childishly fun world that was very vibrant because there were simple materials that you could see in high definition. This is where like I'm struggling because it's kind of the same idea in that things are supposed to look cartoony and not realistic. And it has like platforms that have like good graphic capabilities. And I don't feel like I can rate the same like I did Little Big Planet. Because while in this one you don't have anything in terms of um uh, uh I don't want to say animation but like cutscenes or or cinematics because it is just the game outside of the title screen popping up so it is just as soon as the thing loads it's exactly what it needs to be right away and it's a pretty simple map and a pretty simple manipulable world and you don't really have rendering issues because it's all just right there uh, but at the same time. I don't know. I feel like I, it should wow me more, and I don't know why. Um, I feel like I'm a very confusing date at the moment. So <laughs> I'm going to give this one uh, a four and stop rambling. So it's four boost pads out of five. So I, I think I'm in a similar vein as you are with this because of other games that we've mentioned from this same year, right? Because when people look at a Metal Gear Solid game, they're expecting bitching graphics. Awesome cutscenes, Mortal Kombat 10, also same year, pretty damn good graphics. The cutscenes were incredible. Mm-hmm. The Witcher 3, I know these are different games. They're not, they're not all in the same genre, but that's what it was up against. This is one of the first times where we look at the other games from the same year and go, these graphics blew away, these ones. Mm-hmm. And for Rocket League, yeah, it's not a game that's trying to do everything. Sure. No. Simplistic gameplay, graphics that look good, but not in comparison to these other ones. And so I'm mm-hmm. right there with you. I'm actually going to give it a 3.5 because it it's 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 not like stunning. It's just doing what it needs to do, Ooh, and exactly that's what you get. I feel like it's yeah. what the Kia car company used to be in the 2000s. Like, yeah, sure. Um, You've got your your other fancy things out there, like your like your Geo Metros compared to the Kia, um, but the Kia does the job. It gets you out there from A to B. It's nothing flashy. It's nothing fancy, and I, I feel like that's what this game was. It worked. It was a car. It drove, and it didn't break down. Three, 
three out of five. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> imagine, <Boom. laughs> imagine the marketing campaign for a car. It just says it's a car. Mm-hmm. You know, and then then do the jazz yeah. hands next to it. Yeah. That do you want it to be flashy or do you want it to work? Really, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a car that's what we got yeah, yeah. yeah. no one's so, comparing to kia yeah. to mercedes in 2002 why why you why you going witcher 3 versus rocket league on us sir like, <laughs> this is what it's what we do it's our podcast it, we, we don't we don't always rate it against the field but i feel like we really mm-hmm. had to this time and yeah when i look at the the gameplay because we're going to go back to the final fantasy or the final fantasy mm-hmm. the fantasy football snake as we go back and forth on this the gameplay for this is is very strong. Like it's a very mm-hmm. like clear objectives, very understandable things you need to do. The execution is quite you know quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. Now the gameplay can get accelerated based on skill, though, and that's why yes. I think that the the skill element of gaming is critical because there's so many games that are luck based. And mm-hmm. I cannot stand that element of like RNG and how that works. <laughs> this is one of those games where the like it takes some skill to really be competitive. And I'm talking about the, the physics that you mentioned, Joe, mm-hmm. and utilizing boosts in very creative ways to jump off the sides of this arena and hit the ball where nobody can touch it. So the gameplay gives you a lot of time to explore and figure out and it is so strong that you're not going to deal with glitches and you're not going to deal with a lot of the things that do plague other sports games. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, though, yes, gameplay is good. It can only go so far. There's there's only so much you can do with this. Um, so for me, it's going to be a 4.0. I, 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 that's, that's a solid score there for gameplay. And I, I don't have really too much different like talking points on it because uh like like you said it it does what it needs to it it because of its simple world it doesn't have all these variables that make it so the game's gonna like not not quite load on you or like start to glitch on you because it's it's too much game for a system to handle uh and it's just it works like the the physics of the game you you adapt to really quick and it is refreshing that it's a game that rewards you for playing it and getting better at it and being successful as like opposed to any sort of RNG hope uh, of, of trying to win at something. I know that's driven us both mad in games before where like, even like I remember the early Pokemon Go days and you're like, I can do a curve excellent throw like 14 times in a row and this asshole is still going to run on me. What's the point of doing this? Uh, and I've been the same in like Dragon Ball. Oh my God! Like fucking that Xenoverse, like one of the Xenoverse games. And I was trying to get a trophy that literally was just putting money into buying capsules to hopefully get a mission from a capsule, and I just never got it. Like I'm done. No more. No more RNG. So it was very nice that it was just gameplay that you had to get better at playing and that's how you get rewarded and i also like to point out like like even like the game modes here kind of kind of help with that because it's like 3v3 2v2 1v1 done (laughs) there's not a whole lot of option that you have here uh and then just different game modes here and there to spice things up whether it's a hockey puck or a basketball Uh, so for that i'm actually gonna go a little higher than you 
and go with 4.5 boost pads out of 5. All right, well then, let's come on back to the replay value. Joe, Mm -hmm. how much does this game keep coming back? And here, here is where we're going to see the metrics start to tank a bit for me, and you don't (laughs) even have to wait for music. (laughs) Because... Like like we did say, this game has not really changed much over the years since 2015. It is basically the exact same game, a lot of the exact same maps, with a few that come back depending on the season, and you get some new skins every once in a while. And that's that's the, the selling point of the game. But if you get over that, and suddenly it's like, you know what, I have the skins I want, but it's the same thing over and over again, and there really isn't all that much variation to it, you kind of get, I don't want to say sick of it, but you get tired of playing it after a while and you have to take breaks from it. And this is one where I know like we went really hard at it to try and get a trophy to the point where like, we're tying rubber bands on controllers to keep the cars going in a, in a like a 2v2 offline match just so that we can play for so long. Um, and I don't know if it was because of that initial effort to try and get the trophy that like I didn't play it for years after that and it was just such a long time for me to get back into the game and when i did play it again it was out of sheer curiosity to see if anything was different because i saw that it was like in the nintendo eShop. like holy crap this thing's still going let me let me fire this up because it's free and it's like hey i'm playing the exact same game that i did uh seven years ago at this point so or eight years ago at this point uh but for that reason, because there isn't a ton of variation to it, for me, the gameplay is going to drop all the way down to three boost pads out of Ooh. five boost pads. So I'm going to go even lower than you. Ooh, because... and I thought I gave the gut punch. Well, Joe, I, I can be a creature of habit with certain video games, right? Mm-hmm. I am no stranger to grinding for the stuff that I want to get to. And for some games, that means you know, tens of hours. Other games, it could mean over 100. I've definitely played some RPGs where that's the case. But I know I dogged some of the EA sports games because mm-hmm. of certain things that they would do. But the kind of things that would bring me back to like the original Madden games was that they put like trading cards into the game as a function. So you could play games, mm-hmm. and then that contributes towards unlocking new trading cards and legendary players and all that kind of stuff. Those are the kinds of things that I really appreciate about sports games because it lives outside of the main exhibition games or whatever, career mode. And when I play a game like Rocket League, yes, there are certain things about it that I can appreciate and go, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, this is different. This is something I haven't done before. Mm -hmm. After a few hours of that, I'm like, okay, I can't say that again. (laughs) <laughs> what, 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 what else am I going to do with this? Yeah. And, and, and to that end, unless you're someone who subscribes to that, that eSports type of thing where you can come back and the, the competitive thing is your thing, okay, then mm-hmm. maybe this game is for you. For me, I'm not going to be that competitive. It's just not, it's not something I'm that interested in doing. I like a strong story. I think we've talked about that plenty of times with other games that we've rated, and you don't have that to fall back on here. So mm-hmm. for me, Joe, it is probably the lowest I've ever given 
a metric here, which is two boost pads out of five, the Oof. the replay value just isn't there for me. Yeah, and, and when you said that there there's no story mode makes made me really confused at the start of the podcast when you said we were going into story mode and then it made sense when you talked about like the story of the game and not a story within the game because like there, <laughs> there, there's no story mode unless like telltale comes back and they do rocket league story mode uh and they make their own thing out of it like maybe they could i'm not gonna say it's impossible that could actually be fun because Minecraft mm-hmm. story mode was actually really fun. I love that, that yeah. series. Mm-hmm. They did a great job with it. But yeah, dude, on the other end of the, the metrics here, Joe, come to the music, which has really decided the fate of some of these games over time. That mm-hmm. we've reviewed. On this one, I don't see that happening because no. <laughs> <laughs> once again, we come to this junction where it's like, mm-hmm. I can't recognize a single element of music from this game mm-hmm. right like there's not going to be a yes for kid making making no. like heart thumping you know heart pounding music for this game mm-hmm. um i i pretty much have like a, a blank character generator face representing the music from this game i just i don't yeah. remember a damn thing i i just mm-hmm. played it a few few weeks ago and i don't <laughs> remember the music gone uh, it, it, yeah it doesn't do a thing it doesn't do a thing mm-hmm. to enhance anything there's Mm-mm. there's no emotional attachment to it and so for me joe i feel bad doing this i gotta give it a one because i don't feel like we can give zeros <laughs> i knew it was coming i knew it <laughs> <laughs> yep, I knew it's, that was gonna be bad. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's not memorable. It's a file not found. I don't remember yeah. a damn piece of mm-hmm. music from this game. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of anything with it, Joe. What about no. you? No, I I honestly, it's I know it just because I did play it today a little bit before we were recording. Um, so literally, it is. It is some some music at the launch screen. You got some EDM going uh, on the menus. And then when you start playing, and this is where it's embarrassing, if there's still music, I have forgotten about it already. And I played it a few hours ago, and it's gone. (laughs) Nothing there. It's just as you start playing, eventually you start to hear the crowd do that, I don't know, do soccer chants that I don't know because I don't go to soccer matches. Uh, and I don't, I don't play soccer games. You just you get some, some, I don't know, some olay, olay, olay going in the background. And if that's supposed to get me going, it doesn't. So I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to give this the old 1.5 because I feel bad giving it a one. And that is the only reason why it gets half, half of a boost pad more than you gave it. <laughs> pure, pure pity. I mean. Look, we, we knew that there was going to be that music metric that always sneaks up on things. <laughs> it just does. It, it's it's snuck up on several games that we've played. This has to be the worst example, though, of that. And I, honestly, when I look at this game, I don't have negative feelings of it. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that it is the lowest rated review we've ever given to a game, coming in at 58.75% or 23.5 boost pads out of a possible 40 I mean, it's to the right person, this could be a game that you come back to and play mm-hmm. for years on end, right? We've yeah. seen that. It, it's 
it's a huge mainstay of esports. There are people mm-hmm. winning millions of dollars competing playing this game. So there is a legacy to this game. It's not like it just came up out of nowhere. There's a dedicated few. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Lots no. of people are still playing this eight years later. <laughs> so Yeah. And that's the thing, because it's it's not a bad game. And what kind of sucks is that even like going into this review, my gut was like, this is gonna be the lowest rated game that we do. And I feel bad because it has to happen to someone. It, it's one of those things. It's a sport. In a sport, there's going to be someone who loses. This was yeah. the game that lost. And not because it's even a bad game. It's a good game that is just going against a lot of, honestly, better games that we've, we've rated and talked about over the years. Because we've talked about a lot of staples in the video game industry for the consoles they came out on when they did. And no one pushed PC games because... We get it. PC's better. But you know what? You, you spent money in a Ferrari and we're racing our, our Mercury Topazes over here and we're having a great fucking time. Leave us alone. Um, so it's just, it, when it goes against a lot of other really good games. Like you're gonna com- If you're going to compare this to GoldenEye, I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> GoldenEye was like, was like generation-defining video games. So it was incredible. The same with like Little Big Planet. Like Little Big Planet was a game that blew blew our minds for what we thought it was and what it ended up being. And this yeah. game is exactly what it said it was going to be. And it was a fun little game. And it turns out it's it's easily reused and it's easy to come back to and you can make it into an esports game because of its format, I think. Um and it's it's easy to connect and, and get playing. And, it, and not to say that it's a bad game when I say you can use it because it's easy to use. But it's it's a fun game, but, you know, it's a game. It, it's a Kia. <laughs> and, hey, you know what? There are people who are going to come back to it, and, and that's okay. We're not here to judge mm-hmm. that. Just like how we don't judge people who come back to this, this show and listen to Joe and I's banter for an hour. And with mm-hmm. that, we thank you for listening to Digital Dissection. And as always, we appreciate all the Dissection crew does for us week after week. Your support goes a very long way. And if you happen upon this show by accident, which believe it or not, some people are still doing, mm-hmm. why not drop us a review, comment on the show, tell a friend about it. We appreciate all of it. Yeah, and we love hearing from you. Just like how I know that some of my students listen to this and love hearing me swear for the first time they've ever done so. <laughs> so if you would like to hear more of us, tell us what you'd like to hear at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome your ideas for future games, future reviews, or really anything you'd like to hear us talk about in the podcast. And until next time, keep on dissecting. <laughs>